So Luke chapter 2 then, and the verses 25 to 27. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. We consider tonight Simeon and the Holy Spirit. You know that Luke, the beloved physician, he wrote two closely connected volumes, the Gospel according to Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. And in both volumes, Luke is seen as the theologian of the Holy Spirit. He is the Gospel writer who takes a keen interest not only in Christ, but he also takes a keen interest in the Spirit of God. And so, not only in Messiah, but also in the one who clothed Jesus and who made him Messiah, the Anointed One, the Holy Spirit. Luke has an interest in the Holy Spirit. And if one wants to learn about the Holy Spirit, one has to go to the academy of Luke, the beloved physician. And here in the story that we have been considering, Luke is telling us that not only was Simeon a just and a devout man, not only was he waiting for the coming of Christ in the right place, Jerusalem, at the right time, he's also telling us Simeon was the man that he was, and he was in the place where he was found at the right time because of the Spirit of God in his life. And this is especially highlighted by Luke. In fact, it has a triple emphasis. Three times the Spirit is mentioned in connection with Simeon. Verse 25 at the end, the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost, and he came into the temple by the Spirit. Three times it is told us that he has the Spirit of God in his life. So Luke's very specific, and he's very detailed about what the Spirit does in Simeon's life. And he is showing how Simeon became the man that he was. Luke is telling us that. He's a man who has the Holy Ghost in his life. He is also showing us and preparing us for the authority of the message that he speaks. This isn't just some Tom, Dick, and Harry just delivering a few words. This is a prophet. This is a man who is filled with the Holy Ghost. You can believe his message. Whatever he says about that child he holds in his hand, you can believe him because the Holy Spirit's in his life. That's really what Luke is telling us. 
So he's, he's explaining the power behind the man and the authority in the message that he gives. Now, before we specifically look at how the Holy Spirit worked in Simeon's life, I want to say uh, a, a couple of things, first of all, by way of introduction that this text brings out about the Holy Spirit. Now, they're obvious to us, these things. You know them, but I want to state them again and just to remind ourselves about them as they're found in the text. And the first is that the Holy Spirit is a real person. He's not just the power or energy, as, as the cults say. He is invisible, that is true, but He's present. He's as truly present as Joseph and Mary and Simeon himself and the, and the baby Jesus. He is one of the persons present. He's the fifth person in the story. He works. He acts upon Simeon. He brings to pass these events. He is creating the incident in providence for us. And he is really there truly there, a distinct person, distinct from the person of Jesus Christ. Christ is another person, the person of the Son of God. He is present, but there is this other divine person present as well. And so the Holy Spirit is in the story. He has made the story in the providence, and He is the one who cements the story together and we are reading it tonight. So that's the first thing, that the Holy Spirit is a real person who took Simeon by the hand and brought him into the temple. He's as real as that. And then the second thing about this divine person, the Holy Spirit, is that he is Christ-centered. The Holy Spirit is Christ-centered. He is here for Messiah. He is here with Messiah. He is here bringing all persons to see and hear about Messiah. He's Christ-centered. He is on the earth with Jesus Christ. And He is on the earth for Jesus Christ. And in fact, he is on the earth by Jesus Christ. So the Spirit of God is tied up with the story and the history of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit isn't here because it's all about Simeon. That's not why the Spirit's here. It's not all about Simeon. Simeon's not the main man in the story. Jesus Christ is the main one in the story, and the Spirit is here because of Him. There's no Christ without the Holy Ghost, because there's no anointing without Him. And so there's Christ, and there is the one who is always with Him, and upon Him, and by Him, and in Him, and through Him, Christ and the Holy Ghost. And so, He is Christ-centered. Now, we don't normally focus on the Spirit 
because the Spirit himself is always getting us to focus on Christ. And that's where we usually have our focus. The camera's always on Jesus, because that's where the Holy Spirit wants the camera to be all the time, always on Christ. But we must never forget the one who controls that camera, the one who's always focusing that camera. That's the Holy Spirit. We must never forget the Holy Spirit and why we're always looking at Christ. We must never forget, men and women, the love and the role of the Holy Ghost. And Luke doesn't want us to forget it. He has a love for the Spirit of God, a keen interest in Him, and He wants us to see the Spirit as well as the Christ. And so the Holy Ghost is working in our salvation. And Luke is always telling us, as I say, about the Holy Spirit. We can't go into it all now, but he is the one who raised up John the Baptist, you remember. He anointed Christ's forerunner. The spirit of Elijah came upon John the Baptist. He's the one that did that. He's the one who formed the humanity of Jesus in the womb of Mary. Remember how it was said to Mary, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And that one conceived in you will be the Son of God. And so the Holy Spirit has has conceived the humanity of Christ, formed the humanity of Christ, and is always working in relation to Jesus Christ. And all the prophecies, all these glorious hymns that were sung at the infancy of Christ, they were all coming from the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit came upon these people who sung them. So the Holy Spirit is never leaving Jesus. And so Christ is our substitute. He's our Savior. He has a spotless humanity. But it is the Holy Spirit who is heavily involved in all of that, in the humanity of the Lord Jesus. And we must never forget that. And Luke won't allow us to forget that. Let us never forget, brethren and sisters, that our God, our saving God, is triune. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That is the most fundamental doctrine of Christianity. Our God is three persons. And non-Trinitarian cults, they treat abominably Luke's writings when it comes to the person of the Holy Spirit. But we must never do that. We're baptized in God's name, and we love the three persons. We love them supremely. We worship them as God, and we obey them as they give us grace. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are Trinitarian. So what I am saying then, Simeon has a real and a divine person in his life. And that person is interested chiefly in Jesus Christ. And that person is given, giving Simeon that same interest in Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. And so we need that same spirit in our lives, men and women. If we're going to know and love and encounter Jesus Christ, and we're going to be able to hold them close to our hearts and have that fellowship, we are not going to do it without the Holy Spirit. 
in our lives and without the Holy Spirit in the ministry. And so then, let us look at Luke's account of the Holy Spirit in Simeon's life. You'll notice that the Spirit's ministry in Simeon's life is described in three ways. He is, first of all, one who is clothed by the Spirit. The Holy Ghost was upon him. And then secondly, he is taught by the Holy Spirit because it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. And then thirdly, he is led by the Holy Ghost for it says he came into the temple by the Spirit. And so those are our three heads this evening. He was clothed by the Holy Spirit. The the preposition here, the Holy Ghost was upon him, the preposition upon can have a number of meanings depending upon the context in which it is found. It can mean upon, it can mean on, it can mean before, it can mean nearby or over or beside. And you could put any of those words in there But fundamentally, they all amount to the same thing, and it is this. He's a man who has the Holy Spirit near to him. He is a man who has the Holy Spirit in his life and who is working in his life. And this this Holy Spirit is looking upon Simeon. This Holy Spirit is coming to Simeon. This Holy Spirit is surrounding Simeon, visiting Simeon to work in him to touch his heart, to touch his life. He's not just on him, as it were, to look upon him. No, he's on him to work in him, to move in him. So it's not just that the Holy Spirit is near, but he is positioned over him to work in him, to equip him to gift him, to use him, to dress him for a work and for a task. And so I like the word clothed, though it is not in the text, and the verb does not appear here. But I think it is a biblical expression, the Spirit clothing a man, dressing a man for a work, giving him the gifts giving him the inclination and the ability, giving him the power to do it, no matter what the opposition. And that's what's happening to Simeon here. He is clothed for this encounter, and especially for the prophecy that he's going to utter. The Spirit has come upon him like a garment and surrounded him. And he's now the Spirit's man. And that's what all of we should be, brethren and sisters that are Christians. We should be the Spirit's men and women. You remember how the book of Luke closes. He says, the Lord Jesus says, I'll send the promise of my Holy Spirit upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued. And that's the verb clothed. Endued with power from on high, until you be clothed. And that was fulfilled at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came down and endued them 
clothed them and made them simians. Well, here at the start of the book, we have a spirit in Jude man. The spirit has come upon him. You remember whenever we looked at the life of Samson, we saw that that was Samson was. With all his faults, he was an endued man. The spirit was on his life. So Simeon's an endued man, and at the end of the book, the Lord promises all his apostles will become endued men who will bring the gospel out to the nations. So Simeon is one clove with the Spirit. And at a very basic level, that means that he has the Spirit upon him and in his life. And that's why he has faith in Christ. And that is why he is just and devout. You know, he's not just and devout because he just made it all up himself and he got it by his own strength. No, he has the Holy Spirit upon him. He's a man of God because of the Holy Ghost. Luke is explaining his godliness. That's a very basic level. And men and women, we need the Holy Spirit. No, no one has the faith and the godliness of Simeon without the Holy Ghost. The Spirit regenerates. The Spirit sanctifies. There's no regeneration. There's no believing. There's no faith. There's no holiness unless the Holy Ghost comes upon a man. And that is why we must pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon sinners. Sinners need the Holy Spirit to work in them. And that is why we as Christians also, we must endeavor not to grieve the Holy Spirit because we need Him to work in us and upon us. Christians need the Holy Spirit's working, and Simeon has that. So at a very basic level, that's what it means here. But at the highest and the chief level, he has the Holy Spirit upon him for this prophecy that he is to proclaim concerning the child. So the Holy Spirit is coming upon Simeon to create this scene and to give a prophecy about this child, Jesus. And that's why he's upon Simeon, for the message. And that's at the highest level. So there's a prophet here. And it says the Holy Ghost is upon him. That's Luke saying he's a prophet. And what he says is prophecy. He's just and devout. And what does the Bible say? Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And that's what's happening here. This is a demonstration of what Peter says in his epistle. Here's a devout, a holy, and a just man, and he's being moved by the Holy Ghost. And what he says about Christ, about that Lord Jesus that we worship, is true. It is so that we will know he is a prophet. But then, not only is he a man clothed by the Holy Ghost, he is, secondly, and next Luke tells us this, that Simeon was taught by the Holy Spirit. He had the Holy Ghost as his teacher because it says here, it was revealed unto Simeon by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death, that he, that he shouldn't die, that he wouldn't die 
until he had seen the Lord's Christ. It was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the revealer. That's his great work to reveal, to illuminate. He's a divine teacher. He's the one who shows us. He's the one who opens our eyes. He's the one who instructs us and gives us the revelation of the promise and the faith to believe the promise, the revealer, not only setting before us the cement text or the cement promise, the substance itself, but also opening our eyes and causing us to see it, doing the two things. And he's done the two things in Simeon. He's he's set the promise before him, but he's opened his eyes to see it and to believe it. He's the illuminator. And, And that shows you he's a real person. Because only a real person can teach. It's not just power and energy. Doesn't reveal things onto you. Doesn't teach you. Who who ever sat in a school and there was power and energy and light and heat and it was somehow instructing and teaching us? There's no such thing. It takes a person to teach you. And this person, this divine person called the Holy Spirit, he taught Simeon. And he's taught us through his word. He's opened our eyes every bit as much as he's opened the eyes of Simeon. And so he's teaching, he's showing, he's instructing, he's informing his servant. And so the Holy Spirit is a teacher. And he's interested in teaching. And that's why we have a pulpit in the church. Why do you think we have a pulpit in the church? and not something else. Why don't we just have a stage? Why don't we just have a a, a video screen and show movies? Why do we have a desk? Because our God is a teacher, and He instructs us through the text that He has given us in the Word, the text of the Holy Ghost. We're men of the book, We are taught by the Spirit, and the Spirit reveals to us through the Word. And what kind of teaching is the Holy Spirit interested in? What is He interested in? Is He interested in astronomy? Is He interested in botany? Is He interested in geography? Is He interested in science? Is that what He's taught, Simeon? about science and astronomy and botany? No. He is not interested in any of these things, chiefly. He is interested in showing to Simeon one thing, Christ. The Holy Spirit revealed unto him, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see Christ. I'm interested in you seeing Christ, Simeon. That's what it is, Simeon. You won't die until you see Christ. And that isn't just a prediction. That's a promise. 
And what in actual fact the Holy Spirit is saying when he gives this revelation to Simeon, what in fact he's saying is, Simeon, I'll keep you alive. I'll keep you alive, Simeon, until the day I show you Christ. Because that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm about. I keep all sinners, all elect sinners alive till I show them Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit is interested in, showing sinners Christ. And all elect sinners will see Christ and they'll be kept alive by the Spirit until they do. And the Holy Spirit is just saying here to Simeon, I'll keep you alive till I show you the Lord's Christ. That's what the Spirit is interested in. He reveals Christ. And seeing the Lord's Christ is the work of the Spirit. That's what he does in Simeon. That's what he does in sinners. That's what he does in saints. He shows us Christ. What way does the hymn put it? More about Jesus let me learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher be, showing the things of Christ to me. That's what the Holy Spirit is chiefly interested in showing you Christ. That's why we preach Christ crucified. Because that's what the Spirit's interested in, showing you Christ. I'm not here to amuse you and tell you silly wee stories and getting your shoulders all going with laughter. That's not the business of a minister. The business of a minister is the same business as the Holy Ghost, to show you Christ. To show you Christ. You remember how the Lord Jesus told his apostles this on, on, on a number of occasions. He says, When the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father shall come, he shall testify of me. He'll teach about me. That's what he does. That's what he's coming to do. The Spirit of truth. He shall teach you all things and bring to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The word of Christ, he'll bring to your remembrance my words. He will take the things concerning me, the Lord Jesus said, and show them unto you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, chiefly. And he does that to every saint. And he does that to every elect sinner. He shows them Christ. He doesn't give them all the gift of tongues. That's not the primary work of the Spirit. He doesn't give them miraculous gifts to all saints all together at every age and point in the history of the church. He doesn't do it. That's not his chief work. Now, he did give supernatural gifts on occasions to some select few. I do not deny that. But that's not his primary business. His primary business is to make all those for whom Christ died to cause them all to see Christ, to reveal Christ to them. That's his work. And that's why the Holy Spirit, has, the, the Lord Jesus, has sent him into the earth to do that. He shall glorify me. He shall receive of my things, and he shall show them to you. That's his work. 
That's his primary work, his chief work. I'm not denying he does many other things. Of course he does. But this is what sinners need. And this is the greatest work that can be done in their hearts, that a sinner could see Christ and the promise concerning Christ and believe it. That's the Spirit's work. If it were not for the Holy Ghost, we would be blind and ignorant. But we're not. We have received an anointing from the Holy One. And we know all things. And so, when sinners hear the gospel, it's not enough to hear a preacher. Otherwise, they won't see, they won't understand, they won't believe. Having a preacher is not enough. The preacher must have the sword of the Spirit Lean heavily on that. Use that alone. And using that alone, that preacher needs the accompaniment of the Holy Spirit. And that sinner who hears that word needs that Holy Spirit to come upon him and work in his heart. And what we chiefly have to do is not batter the brains of sinners, but pray that the Holy Spirit would open their eyes. That's the only answer. Sinners need the Holy Ghost to work in them. And child of God, you need the Holy Spirit too. And you need Him working in your life under the ministry that you may learn more about your Savior. So we had the teaching of the Spirit. And then very quickly... He also had the leading of the Spirit because it says he came into the temple by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is doing something else in his life. He teaches him, yes, but he also takes him by the hand and he brings him and leads him into the temple for an encounter with Jesus Christ. And when you were saved, Christian, that's what happened. The Holy Spirit led you to Christ. You came, yes, you came. We came to him. But why did we come to him? Because the Spirit of God led us. In fact, he drove us to Christ. And we ran. We ran. We never did that before. Why? because we didn't have the Holy Spirit then. But when the Holy Spirit came, we ran. We ran. Simeon is a believer. He is being led as a believer into the temple, not as a sinner just to Christ. He's being led into the temple as a believer. The Spirit is moving him, guiding him, directing him, getting the timing right. The very timing has to be right. And the only one who can do it is the Spirit. He must lead us. That's how we need to come to God's house. You know, we come to God's house every week. But how different a thing is when we come by the Spirit. That's different. We read the Bible often, but how different it is when we come into the Bible 
by the Spirit. It's different then. When he leads us into the Scriptures, when he leads us into the house, whenever he leads us to the throne of grace, oh, we need the Spirit to take us by the hand and lead us everywhere. Lead us in our walk with him. Lead us in the Word of God. Lead us under the ministry of the Word and in the ministry of the Word. We need him continually leading us. Jude, the Apostle Jude, writes about men who are sensual, who don't have the Spirit, who are led by pride, who are led by egotism, who are led by flesh, and who are bereft of the Holy Ghost sensually led. That's not how we want to be led. If we do anything for our egotism or to be seen or to feel important, that's sensual. That's not the mark of a spirit-led man. Being led by the Holy Ghost is very different from being sensually led. And Simeon isn't led to be seen. He just simply is brought in by the Spirit. He obeys. He obeys. This isn't a man-made walk into the temple. This is a Holy Spirit-led walk into the temple. It's a different thing. If it had been a man-made walk into the temple, he wouldn't have got any Jesus in his hands. He's Spirit-led. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Here's a son of God here, Simeon. And so the psalmist said, Teach me to do thy will, O Lord, for thou art my God. Thy Spirit is good. Lead me. And we have both those verbs of teaching and leading And in the midst of them, there is this truth. Thy spirit is good. He teaches me. He leads me. This is what Simeon has. The teaching and the leading. And the leading will always be in line with the Spirit's teaching. They will never contradict. The Spirit's leading will always be in line with the Word of God. The Spirit's leading will always be in line with those Ten Commandments. The Spirit will never lead us to do anything immoral or sinful or wrong. And so the leading will be always of that nature. And the leading will bring us closer to Christ not further from him. And the leading will make us more like Christ, not more unlike him. And the leading will make us more spiritual. Now we're ready to hear Simeon's message. We know the kind of man he is. We know he's a real man, a true man, a godly man. We know he's a spirit-led man. We know he's a spirit-anointed and a spirit-filled man. We know he's a spirit-equipped man. And now we're ready to hear what he has to say about the child that he holds in his hands. And that's why Luke tells us this. 